Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, welcome to the first show of the new year. I ho- hope you all had a happy, enjoyable, and safe New Year's Eve. Tonight's show has some rather interesting issues to explore. The first is Social Security. Uh, I personally am concerned with Social Security. I'm 81 years old. I received the check. Uh, Many people post-62, 65 receive Social Security checks. Uh, It's something that everyone receives in this country, and if you're young, you're going to receive it when you reach the appropriate age. Well, my subject matter tonight is not just Social Security. It's what I refer to as the theft of Social Security. Five years ago, I spoke about this issue at length on my TV talk show. In the last five years, I have also written two lengthy articles in Conk Life as Ready the Issue, and I've spoken about it in my blog. And tonight I'm going to hit it again, right between, squarely between the eyes, because it's something that the American people have to understand, otherwise they are going to get screwed, very simply stated. I am sick and tired of hearing that Social Security is broken, that it cannot sustain itself, and it's breaking the back of the United States economy. All lies. No question about it. Bullshit. I'm going to put it that way and that simply and that strongly. The American public has been misled. The American public does not understand. The American public is not being told the truth by our political leaders. The debt of the United States at the present time is somewhere between $20 trillion and $22 trillion. I don't think anyone really knows the exact figure. I smile as I say this because these numbers are thrown out every day, and one day it's $19 trillion, another day 22 another day 20 another day 21 But it's big. It's in that area, and it's big. We have been led to believe that our biggest creditor, the, the – Entity, the country, the group that the United States owes the most money to is China. We owe China $1.4 trillion. It's not true. Absolutely not true. And why isn't it true? I'll tell you. Because Social Security is the biggest creditor of the United States. Social Security is the entity owed the most money. Social Security is owed by the United States of America close to $3 trillion. The facts. Social Security generally takes in more money every year than it pays out in benefits. For real. No question about it. Okay? There is a surplus every year in the Social Security Fund if the money were left there by the government. There is a surplus. I repeat again, more money comes in than goes out in payment of benefits. The problem is the government borrows the surplus. Every time there's an extra penny in Social Security, the government grabs the money out of the Social Security Fund and places it in the general fund. The problem is the government never pays it back. They borrow it. It is a loan from the Social Security Fund to the uh, 
the national fund of the United States government, but the government takes it and never pays it back. If the government did pay it back, Social Security might not always appear to be at a breakdown point or appear not to be able to pay the baby boomers or the future group or the present group coming in to receive uh, benefits. Note, Social Security is not on the verge of running out of money today or tomorrow or in 20 or 30 years. It's a crock when we are told this. This is how this whole thing works, this boondoggle and these misrepresentations. The government borrows the surplus money. Again, I say Social Security takes in more and it pays out. There's a surplus. They take it out of the Social Security fund, put it in the general fund, and then use that money to reduce taxes, to pay for wars, and anything else that it wants. In return for borrowing the money from Social Security that it has never paid a penny back on, the government gives Social Security treasury notes. Now, these are not the U.S. Treasury notes that you and I buy in the open market, and we hope to make money off of them. These are special Treasury notes because they're not marketable. They cannot be used as collateral to get a loan from a bank. They are merely the special Treasury notes given by the government to Social Security are merely IOUs. They are the same as I getting, I borrowing money from you and giving you a piece of paper saying IOU. $100,000, Louis Patron, you can shove that up your back end. You can do nothing with it to enforce it. Now, the government also promises to pay interest, to pay interest on the loan based on the full faith and credit of the United States. So it says in the loan agreement, based on the full faith and credit of the United States. No one yet has tried to sue the government to get the money paid back into Social Security. Uh, who knows if it would be successful? Someday someone has to attempt this because right now the people of America who have put their personal money out of their payroll into Social Security are getting screwed. The government takes it, doesn't pay back, and then says, gee, Social Security is broke. Because of tricky governmental accounting practices, you know, you can do accounting any way you want to get the result you want. Because it's like interpreting statistics uh, and polls. Because of tricky governmental accounting practices, the interest on the loan is paid by the government. But it is not booked as an asset, accounting-wise, to Social Security. Don't ask me why. I don't know. It's a tricky accounting thing. They do pay the interest, but it's never booked as an asset, Accounting-wise, it's there. It's part of the surplus. The government is borrowing from Peter to pay Paul here, but never pays Peter back. The government borrows from Peter to pay Paul, but never pays Peter back. Now, how big is $22 trillion? Unfathomable. Hard to imagine. The three. How big is the $3 trillion owed Social Security? Same thing, unfathomable. The number's smaller, but trillion of dollars. I never heard of trillion of dollars until the past several years. Never heard of it 10, 20, 30 years ago. Didn't know such a number existed. I came across two examples to simplify what a trillion dollars is. Take $1,000 bills, 
take $1,000 bills, stack them one upon the other, stack $1,000 bills one upon the other, and when the stack reaches 65 miles high, that's $1 trillion. I'm laughing. Isn't that amazing, that high? Uh, another way, uh, $1 trillion is enough money to buy every person, including children, in the United States, Canada, and Mexico a new car. Now, how did this all come about, borrow and not pay back, so that the government owes $3 trillion to Social Security? It started with Ronald Reagan. And before we go any further, I believe he was one of our great presidents. I think he did a terrific job, especially with the Soviet Union. But he was a political, he's a politician. And they all cut corners to achieve the results they want. And here's the scenario with Reagan that resulted in what we have today with Social Security. Reagan said when he ran that he, if he were elected, he'd cut taxes by 30% over three years. Such would result in more revenue than before the, the rate cut. Uh, his idea was if you cut taxes, it puts the Republican way. It puts more money into the economy. People will buy and spend, and everything will grow. It didn't work then. It doesn't work now. But anyhow, he had an embarrassing crisis Reagan did on his hands. He did not want to admit his tax plan failed. He needed a new source of revenue. The solution? Raise payroll taxes. Now, payroll taxes are your money. It's something like $6 or 6% is taken out of your pay uh, and put into Social Security. Now it's 4.5%. I think it was reduced by Obama for some accounting reason, and that's going to go back up at some point. But they take your money out of your paycheck, money you have earned, and that money is deposited weekly, bi-monthly, whenever, directly into the Social Security Trust Fund. People were told by Reagan at the time that this was being done. They were He was increasing the payroll taxes in order to strengthen Social Security. It was a crock again. Not true, a lie. Reagan lied. He misrepresented. Uh, Reagan wanted to use the surplus revenue generated to show his tax plan worked. Borrow and never pay back. That's what this law that he signed said. We'll borrow the money from Social Security. We may never have to pay it back. And I want to say this, pure genius on his part and legal, because Reagan signed a bill into law permitting it. Reagan believed Social Security would not be repayment, re, would not require repayment for at least 30 years. Well, it's a little more than 30 years now. We don't need repayment even now, though, if things work out as I project or I suggest. Uh, and his position was basically in 30 years, let another president worry about it. So recent presidents had talked about it and showed concern. Uh, my problem is... I think most people do not understand that the deficit in Social Security is the money the government borrowed. There is no really deficit. There's still surplus all the time in Social Security, taking the interest into account also. And people think this is tax money being paid to the elderly, you know, and they don't deserve it. Why the hell should we support people when they get old? That's the Republican conservative way. When it isn't true, that's your money and my money every week that went from our paycheck into Social Security to give us less money in our old age. 
and I also believe this. Most of the people aren't aware of the facts, nor are the politicians, the congressmen in Washington. I'm sick and tired of hearing these people get up, our elected officials in Washington, and saying, Social Security's going broke, we've got to reduce the benefit, we've got to do something about it, etc., etc. They don't know what the hell they're talking about, because if they did, they wouldn't be talking that way. All right, so... The solution by Reagan was to raise payroll taxes and put it into Social Security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Several economists have suggested the government could pay Social Security back over a 30-year period without any difficulty. Just pay so much back every month. Give you 30 years. Give you 40 years. doesn't make any difference. And pay it back a little bit at a time. There needs to be a will a desire to pay back. Congress and presidents, with an S, presidents, don't have the judgment, don't have the willingness, the desire to pay it back, or haven't had that desire or willingness thus far. Government should start paying back. You know, the fiddler, the guy who plays the music, has to be paid at some point. Social Security's the fiddler. They got to get their just due back, their money that was borrowed from the Social Security Trust Fund. Uh, I don't know what more I can say, but digest what I have said. Digest my words. Social Security is and has been solvent, surplus most years, self-sustainable. And that, my friends, is the true story and something that everyone should be aware of. And hopefully at some point someone will do something to have those monies repaid. I want to move on now to something I've been talking about oof, since last summer, I think I began. No one spoke about this during the presidential campaign, and I was disappointed. I'm talking about robots and artificial intelligence. I have been dwelling on it the past several weeks on this show. Uh, We're coming closer and closer to the time, and I'm talking in the next five years dramatically, definitely in the next ten, but in the next five years dramatically, where robots are going to take over a lot of the jobs in the United States. And the question then becomes, what happens to all the people who are put out of work? Let me give you an example of what's going on right now in China. Foxconn. Foxconn is – well, what does Foxconn do? Let's start there. It's a, it's a Taiwan country that has many factories in China. Interesting, Taiwan and China are not supposed to be friendly to each other, but more but – Foxconn has more than one million employees working in Chinese factories. And what do they make? They manufacture the Apple iPhone, okay? They manufacture the Apple iPhone, which sells, I don't know, how many thousands of phones, cell phones all over the United States, all over the world today. Big money maker. Well, Foxconn plans to automate. They're going to use software and robots. They have already, Foxconn has already automated 60,000 jobs at one Chinese factory. Those people are out of work, those 60,000. Foxconn employs 1.2 million people worldwide. And more, as I said, more than 1 million of them are in China. Now, 
Here's the problem in the Chinese factories. And remember, they turn out a product cheaper than we do. We can't produce a product as cheaply as China does because they pay low wages, as we know. Chinese workers don't go home at night. They reside in elaborate city-like campuses. Actually, they live in cells. I talked about this a month ago, I think, on the show. They Ten bunks to a cell room. It looks like they're in a jail and, and in tight in a cell room with ten bunks. They go home maybe once a month, one night, to see the family that lives in the country someplace. Uh, other iPhone plants, besides the one mentioned here that has already automated 60,000 jobs, uh, the other iPhone plants in China have already begun robot automation. And the year they're aiming for, for total robot automation, automation is 2020 so if they're wrong it'll be 2022 three or five years from now and the purpose in doing it is because present working conditions in china are tough there is a high rate of employee suicides these people again work 12 to 14 hours a day six days a week they live in these cell type uh, homes it's not a jail but it's a campus they're beautiful but they don't like it and they don't see their family and what's been happening is people are committing suicide. Employees are committing suicide at a high rate. Under Chinese law, those who commit suicide, the families can sue, can sue the employer because they committed suicide. And the litigation is killing Foxconn and other companies in China. Okay? Because they got to get rid of it. It's going to increase the cost of their product, the, the litigation, the cost of the litigation and the money they have to pay out for these suicides. Well, automation saves the problem, solves the problem, okay? Um, and what's going to happen is one million plus are going to be out of work. Ultimately, even cheaper, the problem is this. The cost of products manufactured will be cheaper with robot automation. No question about it from the Chinese perspective. Uh, it raises the question in my mind, how does the United States compete with China? We already have a difficult time competing with China because it costs more to manufacture a product here than it does in China. It's cheaper for our people to buy the, have the product manufactured in China and send it back to the United States for sale. Uh, we know this. We know this. So how can we compete then? Uh, and I want to tell you this. I spoke last week. On, I used the term transition, that we have to recognize, we have to plan that automations here, robots are being, they're being used already in automobile factories. I'm telling you, five to ten years from now, there will not be one automobile factory in the United States using human beings. They will be robotized, okay? What are all these people going to do? Where are they going to get a job? The Chinese plan for the transition. What they did, for example, they had to they closed down some of their coal mines or certain levels, cut back, because they want to clean their air as we want to clean ours. They have the most polluted air in the world. What did they do with those employees that were working in the mines? They took them and put them into building new subways in certain cities in China. They kept them underground, but they found another place for them to work. They planned the transition from the coal mine to the subway. 
we don't plan for diddly dip in this country, and we're going to be in trouble unless we start paying attention. Because I'm guaranteeing you, four years from now, in the next presidential campaign, these guys are going to stand up and say, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We couldn't anticipate this. All these employees out of work. Because government is lazy in this country, and even we are lazy, the population. We don't address things timely. This is something we must address timely. Immigration. I was not a supporter of Trump. I still am not a supporter of Trump. But as time goes on, I'm learning that some of I am learning that some of the things he said have value and have truth. He said the immigration system was broken. I thought the immigration system was broken, but not as bad as he projected it. We've got to build a wall. Uh, between us and Mexico. we got to pick them all up and get them out of the country, throw them out, let them come back legally. The country comes first. Well, let me give you an example of how the immigration system has broken down. Thomas Martinez Maldano is 38 years old. He is Mexican. Okay, He has, he, he born and raised in Mexico, keeps coming into this country, keeps getting thrown out. He has been deported since 19, for since 2003, rather. He has been deported 10 times, deported 10 times, physically sent back to Mexico. And nine times he voluntarily agreed to go back to Mexico. He removed himself. So 19 times he has left the United States since 2003. And one way or another, he always comes back. Well, Trump says they're raping our women. He was recently arrested, Thomas Martinez Maldano, because he raped a 13-year-old girl on a bus in Kansas. Veterans. We didn't need Trump to tell us this, and I hope he does something about it. Uh, there is a horror, a horror in our veterans' hospitals. For some reason, Obama couldn't correct the problem. I don't know if Trump can correct it. Uh, no one seems to be able to correct it, but our veterans are getting very poor treatment, delayed attention, or when they're in the hospital, they still don't get cared for properly. So here's an example of what's happening, and which proves that the government can't get a hold on the problem of veterans' care. Owen Reese Peterson, Owen Reese Peterson, 73-year-old veteran. He died th uh, after three weeks of treatment. He died after three weeks of treatment at a rural Oklahoma veterans hospital. When he died, he had live maggots in his legs. Live maggots in his legs. That sounds pretty gory. Uh, Peterson went into the hospital with an infection needing serious treatment. The infection was in his entire body, but... The legs were, were it was the place where the infection was primarily showing. He wound up with sepsis. We all know what sepsis is. It's blood poisoning. It kills you. I've had sepsis twice, but we got great drugs to correct it. I mean, it means like seven days in the hospital, and you think you're going to die by the fourth day, but you recover. I know again. I've had it twice. Again, he spent 21 days in the hospital. His adult son was there. And he kept asking the, the hospital staff, my father needs more medication, stronger net medication. Please increase it. And would you please 
change his bandages. His bandages were not being changed. He was stonewalled on both the bandages and the medicine issue because in order to remove the bandages, the pain was so extreme that morphine was required. The son says, give my father, provide my father with a morphine pump to control the pain when the bandages are removed. Because if you don't remove the bandages, the infection is going to build up right there, which it did. When they finally removed the bandages after he died, there were maggots living there and his legs. Okay, so the government's irritated, our United States government now, upon discovering this. And four staff members have voluntarily resigned before being fired. One physician's assistant and three nurses. I got to tell you something. I hope the government investigates this thing thoroughly uh, because I can't. Why do they dump it on a physician's assistant and three nurses? What about the doctor or doctors responsible for this guy? What about the hospital administrators? Let's nail people high up who are responsible for this man dying also. Maggots in his legs. The net, and it's been established that the necessary pain medication would have permitted would have led to the bandage changes without the huge pain factor involved, which would then have prevented the sepsis from spreading. Maggots in the legs. Very briefly, federal, federal, federal regulations. You know, when a law is passed, that doesn't mean the law can be uh, acted upon immediately. What was supposed to be done under the law can be done. Uh, the law may be 20 pages, but there are regulations that must be passed, must be adopted, must be created, must be written to tell us how that law is going to function. And they're called regulations. And a 20-page law may have 2,000 different regulations. It gets very specific. Everything is in the detail. It's in the detail. And those that create and the uh, regulations are not politicos. They're not Congress people. They are full-time civil service bureaucrats. They're federal civil service. They work their whole life preparing these regulations. Under Obama in 2016, 211 laws were passed. That's all, 211. Do you know how many regulations that resulted in? 3,852 new federal regulations. Uh, today, the Federal Register, which is the book, it's the volume of books. It's walls of books in a library. The federal regulations involving all regulations in force and effect today total 97,110 pages. Again, it's in the detail. And this, is, this detail, these regs, is too much. I've said this before. My environmental law experience taught me this when I, when I practiced law in these cases. It costs the manufacturers too much money to produce a product to protect the employee. Uh, the cost of rehabilitating a, a, a Superfund site was astronomical because of all the little details that had to be taken along the way in addition to uh, cleaning up the site. We need less regulations and less restrictive ones. I, mean, I sound like a Trump guy tonight. Trump says he's going to do this. I'd like to see it. Okay. Well, I want to talk about a policeman first. Very quickly, a Texas police officer has been arrested uh, for sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl, Jesus Gonzalez, 42. Uh, the 13-year-old girl is his daughter.
daughter, his girlfriend's daughter. He was arrested last Tuesday and charged with a felony. The girl says he did me over 20 times, uh, and he also told me he wanted to marry me, a 13-year-old girl, rather than my mother. The mother found out when she saw lewd pictures of her daughter on the daughter's cell phone going to the boyfriend, Jesus Gonzalez. She had him arrested. Not only is a police officer, at one time in his life, he was an officer in a juvenile detention center. Did anything happen there? My God, what is going on? Three Miami police officers were fired this past week. They, they, made, they made a joke. They said that Overtown, Miami's black neighborhood, was good for a shooting range, great for target practice. Would you believe this? They were fired immediately because what they were saying, in effect, that's the place to go and practice. Whether you're a good shot or not, shoot at the black people. That is the show for this week, for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. I think these were some interesting issues or topics, especially Social Security and the robot situation. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Join me again next week. As you know, the show is archived. You can follow it on Block Talk Radio, YouTube, or where it is uh, linked to my Key West Lou website. Many of you follow it in those areas in the archived version. I do a blog every morning, keywestlou.com. Please read it. I tell funnies what I did in Key West the day before, and I also get serious occasionally. It's been good being with you. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week. <laughs>